This is Jody Avergan, host of Ask Roulette, the conversation series in which strangers ask each other questions live on stage. You come with a question you want to ask a stranger, then get randomly paired. The catch is you can't ask your question until you've answered a question from a stranger first. You're listening to an excerpt from our recent show at Housing Works Bookstore with Heidi Moore of The Guardian, a bunch of audience members, and more. Before we get to the episode, a quick word about Dig, which helps bring you Ask Roulette live at Housing Works every other month and on your podcasting device every other Tuesday. Dig is the best way to discover cool things online to read and share. The Dig Reader organizes your reading efficiently each and every day. And I'm also really into Dig Video, the new venture from Dig. Great way to find the best new videos online. So check them out. They're good people. D-I-G-G dot com. Now, mark your calendar. Thursday, January 16th is the Ask Roulette second birthday show and party at Housing Works Bookstore in Lower Manhattan. We're announcing the guests next week, but it's a really fantastic lineup and will mark two years of Ask Roulette, January 16th. Spread the word. But now, the latest podcast, we're off to Housing Works Bookstore in Lower Manhattan. Chosen, you know, flying or legalized marijuana <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, but the but, thing is, you know, but the, but the thing is, good training the... is is very important. Uh, <laughs> Seth, please close your eyes. Number thirty-one. There he is. All right, we got there. What up? Hi. All right. <laughs> your name is Kenny. Kenny, say hello to Seth. What's up, Seth? Seth, hey, say hello to what's Kenny. Up? Seth, ask your question. Uh, I hope I remember the wording correctly, but feel free to revise. Um, All right. If you were able to set up a benevolent dictatorship with you <laughs> at the helm, in what way, at, of this country, of the U.S., what would you change in order to make life better. Is that, is that about right? If I was the, uh, le- the head of a benevolent dictatorship... In I, the U.S.? Um, I, I'm pretty sure I daydream of this every day when I'm at work, actually. <laughs> uh, it would be... I would basically make it such that every business in the country, rather than being owned by just a small number of people, would be equally owned by everybody. And not like in that bullshit, like, oh, everybody gets stock options, you know, kind of way, but in the way that everybody actually does get a vote in terms of how their business is run. Right, so like communism and benevolent dictatorship, (laughs) those have worked really well together historically. So I think that's a great idea. Okay, Seth, thank you very much. (laughs) Please close your eyes. Number 230, come on up. Two, three, zero. There he is. All right. Kenny, say hello to... Giri. Pleasure to meet you. Say hello to Kenny. Fire away, Kenny. All right. um, If you could be born into the royalty uh, or, like, ruling class of any past civilization, what would it be? Hmm. I guess that takes away my colonizers. I'm from India, so... (laughs) (laughs) I would say, 
Oh, yeah. Let's, let's do Burma. I think Burma's got Burma. some royalty left. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Burma it is. Yeah. So All right. was, was, it, was there a second part of the question? No. I, that was basically it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Kiri, please close your eyes. Number 333. Three, three, three. You out there? She's there my she girlfriend, she's coming down from the balcony. Alright, Joel's girlfriend. Where is she? Keep going, Joel. There she is. Alright. Playing her on, playing her on. Hi. Hi. Aww. Um, you can open your eyes. And your name is? Caitlin. Ask your question. Where exactly in New York would you sing in the rain? A precise point somewhere in New York where you would sing in the rain. Oh my gosh, okay. Um, well, they have this really romantic concept of New York that came from watching When Harry Met Sally. So maybe the part of Central Park, like the literary walk, where the trees are all kind of like bowed, and it's very like, it creates a like really natural arch and it's beautiful. Maybe that. Um, yeah. And what song would you be singing? Or do you have to be singing, singing in the rain? No, just any what song, song would you be singing, Caitlin? No, I really like singing in the rain, so maybe that one. Seems appropriate. That's apropos. <laughs> okay. Giri, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Caitlin, please close your eyes. Number 623. Six, two, three. Come on up. There she is. Hello. Hi, Caitlin. Your name is? Heidi. Heidi, say hello to Caitlin. Caitlin, say hello to Heidi. Hi, Caitlin. <laughs> and Caitlin, ask your question. Um, so my question is, which one of your grandparents are you the most like? And what traits do you see in them that you have? So this is a really sad question because all of my grandparents died before I was 12. So, um, so none of them are around, but I would say that it would be my uh, maternal grandmother um, because when I was a little kid, apparently uh, I, we used to divvy up nuts and candy and so she would divvy them up and she would say one for me and one for you and two for me and two for you and one, two, three for me <laughs> and three for you and one, two, three, four for me, and four for you. And so she would always end up taking sort of the majority of the nuts to see if I would catch on. And I find that I still enjoy trying to catch people out and see if they're paying attention. In particularly with regards to financial trickery. <laughs> I yeah. do happen to be a financial reporter, so the early training in counting has come in tremendously usefully. All right, Caitlin, thank you very much. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is Heidi Moore of The Guardian. Heidi, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, a must-follow on Twitter, uh, at HN Moore. At Moore HN. Moore HN. Yes. I, I just follow also, you. She so. tweets a lot, but it's good. Yeah. High-quality tweeting. Uh, at Moore HN. Okay, Heidi, I'm going to ask you a bunch of random questions that came in online and just from past shows and so forth. Um, what feature from another city should New York City have? Oh my God, I always do this when I'm traveling. I would like to create 
the, the absolute um, perfect city. So I think, so everyone I think hates LA, like that's kind of a, a useful thing to think if you live in New York, uh, <laughs> right? So I, I don't hate LA, but I do keep it under wraps because I'm a native New Yorker, so I have to talk smack and just you know keep like fronting um, appropriately. But I do really love, the thing I love about LA is that it has significant nature in the middle of it. So you have the canyons, the Runyon canyons, and, uh, and the beaches really close. And so people there not only have an outlet for physical exercise, which we don't really have here. You have to run by like smokestacks and Dickensian orphans if you're going to run in New York. <laughs> Um, you know, chimney sweeps and whatever. Um, so we don't have that here, um, but it also gives them a kind of place where they can sachet chante. So there's one place in LA, Runyon Canyon, everyone hikes it and you see a lot of actresses and they're not going out of the house without a full face of makeup and like full on outfit. Um, and so you see them with their dogs who are seriously cold. LA dogs are really mean. Um, they're not friendly. And you get to see this kind of like fashion show and I really enjoy that. Like you see like LA dude bros in their pajamas and they're running record labels. I enjoy that and I wish we had more of that in New York. I think in New York we're a bit too formal and Midtown is a fashion wasteland. So we could just get rid of Midtown. So your answer is canyons and douchebags. <laughs> uh, we have those, we have both of those. Um, okay. We have man-made canyons. Yes, exactly. Um, this is how the question is written. I'm being bullied. How do I stop people from bullying me? Uh, I feel that there are possibly two really good ways. One is to curry favor with someone really popular and have them uh, you know, kind of stand for you. This has been popularized by many teen movies. I think it's a time-tested method. Um, and that's where I get all my good advice. So that's one way. And then another way, I really do believe in forcing bullies to stand down, stand up to them and tell them they're full of it and force them to justify themselves. Have that's you all from Clueless. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I was thinking, like, you totally missed the point of Mean Girls, right? The po she befriends the popular girls, and that's when everything goes haywire. I am offended by that. Mean Girls is like my Bible. Well, that's what I'm saying, but maybe, I don't know. Yeah. It feels like, okay. Have you ever written an inspirational note to yourself? <laughs> like a Stuart Smalley, you're good enough, you're right, smart enough. Right, yeah, or, I don't know, that's, yeah. Huh. <laughs> I would say um, I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself, actually. Maybe I should do that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I should write more inspirational notes because I'm not doing that. But I will say I went on a yoga retreat and they advocated uh, doing that. But I replaced that with um, not doing that. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just ask, a like, have you ever written like a quote to yourself or like anything? like, you know, adage or anything that's just kind of like... Oh my God, yes. I love quotes. So I'm, uh, I love words, right? And, um, and actually, this was one of my early methods of courtship. <laughs> so I, when email first started, so I'm in my mid-30s, and I remember when email was like a new thing, and um, I would have like quote taglines at the end of my emails, and they would be bits of poetry and you know, quotes from Alexander Hamilton and things to show that I knew how to read, which I felt was a really important thing to demonstrate to people. And um, anyway, and so those quotes ended up, whatever I wrote in the email didn't matter because those quotes would end up 
being what people thought I meant, right? And so, <laughs> you know, like I would just have something that I read that day, like for instance, or saw that day. So in My Fair Lady, there's a lyric where she says, words, 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 all I hear is words, first from him, now from you, is that all you blighters can do? And it's a really funny lyric, and I used to have it, because it's email relevant. And I wrote it, I like almost lost a friend <laughs> who thought that I was criticizing them for writing right. uh, too long an email. Yeah. Um, so have you stopped those quotes at the bottom of emails? I do. That's, um, like a, that's like an email faux pas these days, I feel like. It's turned into one. It has. The it's become terribly naff, as the English would say. Right. Uh, I have stopped that, but I do have uh, William Faulkner's Nobel Prize acceptance speech at my desk because I do think that that's really good advice for writers. So you should go Google that on your iPhones or whatever, and it's really helpful if you're a writer. What's the e oh, this is relevant to the previous question. What's the easiest way to ruin a friendship? Mm. Uh, I would say there are so many really good ways, but probably judging someone and making it clear that you've judged them and not really realizing that you're judging them because you're guilty of the same thing. So I think that's a pretty good way. Like if you want to drive people away, that's a great way to start. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one last question. Would you rather die in five years uh, and know that you're going to die in five years or live forever but that forever not be so great? So like life. Basically, <laughs> I, I don't think you're going to live forever. Um, sorry if it took a podcast to Speak break that to you. I'm, um, into, I'm into green juice. Right. I'm, I'm here for uh, the duration. Um, um, but no, I think it's like, would you rather know that you have five years to maximize your life or know that your whatever is just going to go on for on, on and on and on and on? I feel like you can't kill the human spirit and hope. So I would pick forever because eventually after enough boredom, you'd have to just your act together and start being awesome, right? I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Um, okay. Heidi, are you ready to ask a stranger a question? I am. And we have to wrap things up here at Ask Roulette. So the way we're going to end it is you are going to ask your question, not of a stranger, but of our house band, Joel. Whoa. Joel, get on up here. Joel Escher, ladies and gentlemen. The man plays his own entrance music. This is amazing. <laughs> All right, Heidi, meet Joel. Joel, meet Heidi. Hey, Heidi. Hey, Joel, I love your work. Thank you. I like yours, too. <laughs> Heidi, ask your question. So my question is, if you could distill your personal essence into a cocktail, what cocktail would you be? Whoa. I, I would, okay, I might have to work through this with you guys. My personal essence would be happiness and love. And I think that that would probably be like a fuzzy navel margarita. It wouldn't taste really good, but it would just still fill you up with like a good feeling overall. So a fuzzy navel margarita. Joel, thank you very much. Very Heidi welcome. Moore, thank you very much. And thanks to all of you for coming to Ask Roulette. Uh, thanks again to House. Thanks for listening, and thanks again to Dig for helping sponsor Ask Roulette. Special shout-out to producer Mitra Kaboli for helping edit the Ask Roulette podcast. Remember, we're on Twitter, at Ask Roulette, also Facebook.com slash Ask Roulette, and online at AskRoulette.net for all the information you need about upcoming shows and more. 
See you soon. <laughs>